Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tech nine, because of the way you rap. I'm like, okay, that's cool. You said, okay, that'll be your name till we find something else. I said, okay. Non-stop and rapping in the year of 85, but when the money dogs rapping, MC rappers want to crap, but when you hear the vicious beatbox that through your bones, think of D-O-N-T-E-Z-Z because he stands alone. All right, you ready? Let's go. From Fox 4 News in Kansas City. Are we rolling? Are we on? Hello. I'm Nick Vassos. <laughs> this is Signal Hill. All you technicians, get ready. Originated in KCMO. Since the 90s, the pride of Southwest High, it is rapper, songwriter, producer, and craft beer collaborator, wow. Casey's own Tech Nine on Signal Hill. How about all those titles, Tech? Oh, my goodness. Huh? You just took me back. Oh, well, like, you know wow. what? I, there's probably ought to add another one to you, and that is the King of Boulevardia. Yeah. Uh, how was that King in June? Boulevardia, man. You see how many people were out there? Yeah, there was like thousands out there. Yeah, they said, what did they say? They said like 15,000 maybe or more. I think so. Wow. And that was was all, was that the end of your Planet Tour that you were just coming off of when you did Boulevardia? It was supposed to be the end of my... But you just kept on working, didn't you? Yeah, I had like six or seven more shows after that. I'm like, oh, I wish I could just go home and lay in my bed, man. After a big show like that, you yeah. know what I mean? That, that was grand, man. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, but we had, we had, I think we had Denver was our last date. Yeah. How many dates did you have on your on your June tour, the, the Planet Tour you just came off of? It was 64 dates in 68 days or something like that. <sighs> yeah. Man, that's. Yeah, that's a th- grind. It is. I, yes. I, and I don't know, after a grind, after 64 dates. I'm going to tell you like this. I was breakdancing. To a song I got called Don't Nobody Want None. It was like a dedication to the old electro hop years, you know, in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forgot to wear my knee pads while I was doing my first 30 shows. So by the time I did my first 30 shows, my knees were so, so much, in so much pain that I stopped doing the song. <laughs> <laughs> toward the end of the tour, you know what I mean? Right. Jesus. So You're still young, but you're not a spring chicken exactly. anymore, Ted. But, but I'm saying, I'm saying, even if I was 20 years old, doing that every night oh. on your knees, mm-hmm. you'd still be sore knees. Yeah. You know what I mean? So what I realized that 64 shows in 68 days, hey. you, might, you probably shouldn't break dance every night. Especially at 46. I know. And you know what? I mean, you're going to go back out on the road here in, yes. in, in August a little bit later on. You get a Florida swing or something coming up, don't you? Well, no, 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 no. Um, I don't start till um, September. September for that. Okay. Uh, for um, Australia, New Zealand, and right. Hawaii. And then I come back here for two weeks to prepare for my fall tour okay. starting October 6th at uh, KC Live. So is this the first time you're going to be down in New Zealand and Australia and no, Hawaii? No, no. You've been, been there before? I, yeah, I've been going. This is probably like the seventh or eighth time. You know what I mean? I got so many fans down there, dude. 
Wow. <laughs> Down so, under, man. That's crazy. That's that's awesome. So how many places around the world have you been to? Have you, did you stop counting how many places you've been? No, I just count the places I haven't been. Like, <laughs> I haven't been to Brazil. I haven't been to China or Japan. I have so many places I need to tread to do this music. Um, I haven't been to Dubai. I want to go to Dubai. I haven't been to Africa, and I got so many fans out there. So we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. Even though we've done so much, I've done Europe over and over and over. As as a matter of fact, I'm doing Europe in February. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, Canada and uh, look at somebody's phone. <laughs> and and uh, this is real. This is live. Right, Anything right. can happen. Oh yeah, you know it, live stuff happens all the time. And I have Canada in uh, March, I think. You know what I mean? So we're moving, man. So when you get time to finally relax, you you come back to Kansas City. What do you like to do? I live in Leewood, so uh, Cenotopia is like two minutes away from my house. I can walk to it if I wanted to. You know, it's in the movie theater. Mm-hmm. And the good people at Cenotopia thought it would be a wonderful thing to give me and my brother, Sean Tyler, mm-hmm. lifelong passes. The only two made lifelong passes at that beautiful theater. So when I'm home, me and my lady... Go to the movie. We've seen every movie because in my free time, I'm a movie goer. You know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a thrill writer. I'm a movie goer. So um, that being right by my house, man, uh, we were going to go see The Meg last night. Right, right. But I had to write a little bit, so I'm like, we're not going to go. So what's the best movie you've seen recently? The best movie I've seen recently. <clears throat> Let's see. I think it was, uh, oh, it was uh, Mission Impossible, the new one. Yeah, yeah. So what's this? What's it like when you go to the theater? You no doubt are out there. You get recognized. I, I'm yes. sure there's a lot of people. I mean, a few people are going to recognize Sean Tyler because yeah. he's worked at <laughs> he's worked at broadcasting in yeah. this city for a while. Exactly. So I actually take pictures with people when they ask. And so you share the you, you don't have have the whole theater to yourself or no. You, no 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 no. I just I just go and um, I wait to, in the line to get my uh, popcorn and my. Um, my bunch of crunch because I like to put my bunch of crunch inside the butter popcorn is really wonderful. What's bunch of crunch? Bunch of crunch is like uh, candy, chocolate candy, nut, nut, nutty candy. I've never tried that before. Bunch that of sounds crunch. good. Yeah, bunch of crunch the and popcorn. The sweet and the salt. And yes, yes, That'd be it's great. beautiful. So when I'm standing in line, people like realize like, oh my god, you know what I mean? So I take pictures. That's tech. I know that guy. But when it's crowded, I have to move through there like really quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Usually right. we go during the week when it's not that crowded, but um. I, go, I still go to the movies uh, um, normally, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And that recharges you, right? I mean, that just yes. that kind of yeah, revitalizes I, I, you. I, guess. I, pull, I pull from everything, you know, from my music. I pull from everything. Movies, I've always pulled from movies. Um, I pull from books. I pull from everything, you know what I mean? Google's my best friend. I used to buy dictionaries back in the day. Just I used the dictionaries to make sure that I was using my words in the right context, you know. But now, <clears throat> I have Google. I don't have to buy dictionaries. <laughs> I used to buy so many dictionaries back in the day. Like, I was a dictionary collector. Because you were, you were thinking to yourself, there's got to be a word that fits in perfectly right there. Well, I, t- the, the word right? always hits me because I have all these words in my head over for, from all of the years of reading. So, when I'm saying it, like, if I say bestowed in a rhyme, I want to make sure I'm using it correctly because it just popped up. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, I use Google now for to make sure I'm using the word <laughs> right, and I'm always correct. I'm like, wow, I got a brain, baby. 
<laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> I mean, hey, a, a really uh, intricate one, too. Yeah, we learned, uh, also we learned that uh, you made a trip up to Sturgis in the full yes, I did. Uh, Toronto Saloon up there. How's that? It was wonderful. I was I was I was um, worried at first because uh, it was the last day. We did not know mm-hmm. that Saturday was the last day of the rally, and we kind of got turned out when we first did it in 2015 because it was the 75th anniversary and then it was packed, and we went on right after Jackal and Jesse James Dupree is you know this is him and Michael Ballard's thing. You know what I mean? So. The crowd was massive, you know what I mean? So And in a leather, I bet. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so when we went this time, everybody was gone. The town was empty. I'm like, oh, no, this is not going to be good. We're going to have two people out there in this humongous new full throttle saloon mm-hmm. since that one, the, the first one we did burned down right oh, after we did it. Yeah. That's right. So, but when I got out on that stage, it was thousands of people out there. I'm like, whoa, and this place is humongous. The, the new one, they still haven't built everything, but uh, it's humongous, man. Do you ride? No, 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 no. I'm not a. I'm, I'm a Midwest chopper, but that's like follow me all around the planet, around the gamut, no psychology. No, right. I'm, that's I'm your. Be, I'm, that's your technique. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my technique. I'm, I'm that kind of chopper. You know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 Mark Alford is a rider. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, speaking of saloon, uh, let's talk about Bulu. Bulu. Uh, Two KC icons coming together here, Tech Nine yes. and, and Boulevard, Boulevard Beer Company. Yeah, and you created this uh, this new flavor of beer. Yes, this new beer, and it's yes. it's it's uh, it goes back to one of your songs, doesn't it? Caribou Lou, man. Caribou Lou, which we created in 1995. Right, and from 1995 to 2005, I was allowed to test it. You know what I mean? Like, like we put it together. We, we put the mixes together. 151 Malibu Rum and Pineapple Juice in 95. So from 95 to 2005, when I actually wrote the song, I had all those years in between to test it, to tell everybody the effects of Caribou Lou. Okay. Okay? <clears throat> With Bulu, they called us last year and said, hey, do you know that those pineapple and uh, coconut flavors go well in a wheat beer? We're like, no, really? And they're like, yeah, come on down. And we tasted it. It was like, whoa, I didn't have time to test it to tell people the effects. So I'm testing it right now. You know what I mean? And I'm so happy because it sold out everywhere that we had it. We had it like in six places. We had it like in Kansas City, of course. We had it in Lawrence. We had it in uh, Springfield. We had it in Wichita. We had it in Denver, and we had it in St. Louis. So all these places sold out quick, like boom. They didn't order enough. You know what I mean? I'm talking about the, the people that were ordering it. You know, they didn't order enough. They like, oh, we'll take 20 cases, and they needed more, like 300. So what's in Bulu? So you get your wheat beer, wheat beer, pineapple, pineapple, and coconut added. Coconut added. Yeah, man, that Light sounds. Coconut. It sounds summery, yes. but maybe it is. It is good. It, it, it is. Summary, but they they call this thing priming the pump. They, we're gonna prime the pump in uh, on our um, fall tour. You know what I mean? We're gonna allow um, the venues to order it for the nights that we're there. You know what I mean? So oh, as you tour around, as you go around, you're yes, gonna bring the bulu with you on yes, the road, share it with everybody there. Yes, for the people who didn't have time to catch it before it sold out everywhere, they get to have it <clears throat> on the fall tour. They get to try it on the fall tour. That's beautiful. And we're going to go nationwide next spring tour. 
Have they been able to? Is it in stores now? Have they been able to keep it in stores now? No, no. it sold it's out st- like in it, hours everywhere. So when is the next batch going to come out? Do you know? On the tour. On the tour. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's, it's gonna be here uh, October sixth. You can get it at you know Power and Light. That's right. That's when you are gonna come back. Yes. And perform yes. Uh, in front of thousands at Power and Light. That's October sixth, yes. I believe. October sixth. Part of the uh, the grind tour, right? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. With uh, me, uh, Chris Calico, Futuristic, mm-hmm. and uh, Dizzy Wright. So they can try Bulu that night. After that, sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> that's gonna be that's gonna be like the chocolate ale that they used to put out of Valentine's yeah, Day. No one yeah. can get their hands exactly. on. Exactly. Um, how's it feel looking back as a KC kid uh, in his twenties, looking at Bulu World Tours, going to New Zealand, I'm, selling millions of records? I'm blessed, man. That's, that's, I always think about it as I'm sitting in my house writing um, in uh, Leewood, Kansas, man. I'm like just looking around in my house like, wow, I remember getting roaches out of my shoes in Wayne Minor before I went to school, you know, to make sure I have roaches, uh, roach eggs in my shoes. And it's so crazy. That what, what was early life for you, Tech? Was it, did you have a strict household? <clears throat> oh, yes. I had, um, I was raised uh, a Christian boy. <laughs> Barker Temple Church and God, Church of God in Christ. I sang in the Sunshine Band. I went to church every day of the week with my grandma, my mother. My my family is so religious. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So we went to church Monday, uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all the time. You know what I mean. There was a Sunday school and then Sunday evening service and then Monday sewing circle and then Tuesday band rehearsal or, you know, the choir rehearsal that is, you know, it just every day, it was just so religious in my household. My mom, when I was 12, she married a Muslim, so it was even more religious on another level, Right. you know what I mean? So that was super strict. How about the influence of your stepdad? Uh, yeah. He was Muslim. Uh, I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot, man. Um, going to uh, Juma and praying to Mecca. Um, learning about Ramadan, having to feed, uh, fast, mm-hmm. uh, it was hard, you know. Um, at the time, when I was 12 to 17 is when I was there, you know, when I practiced Islam. Uh, my mom didn't, she was still Christian, you know, um, but um, I practiced Islam with my stepfather, Abul Hassan Rasul Khalifa. And at the time when I was coming up, I thought he was being mean to me, but he was trying to show me how to be a man, you know, because I wasn't ironing my own clothes before she married him when I was 12, so he made me iron my own clothes. I wasn't washing dishes. My mom took care of me. My my family took care of me. They loved me, you know what I mean? Um, um, so I thought he was picking on me. So when I was when I got 17, when I turned 17, I ran away from home, kind of like sneakily. Like mm-hmm. I told him I was going to my auntie Izita's house for the holiday for Thanksgiving, and I never came back. What did your stepdad think of rap? He told me something that helped me, but at that time I thought he was just picking on me. He told me, rap, what do you got that everybody else don't have? You sound like everybody else. What are you going to do that's different? Nothing. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, so I became strange because of that, and I thank him for that. You know, he was just 
wanted me to think about what I was doing. You know, I had a job. I worked at Fish Captain for his brother, Abul. Uh, I mean, um, Abdul. And, uh, you know, he just wanted me, you know, he wanted me to wear dress-up clothes to school. And I wanted to buy Jordans, you know what I mean? <laughs> I, 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 wanted, I wanted the young what stuff. What kid wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd get in trouble at school and I'd be on punishment for the whole summer. Couldn't go outside. I thought that I was picking on me. But it was making me, it was, it was, it was, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Discipline. Uh, discipline. There you go. You know what I'm saying? Thank you for taking that out of my head. It was somewhere <laughs> back, hidden back there. Of course. It taught me discipline, you know, and um, I ran away from home at 17. He called Aunt Zita after a couple of days. He called, if you don't get home, I'm like, I just gave the phone to her. And they didn't like him. My my Christian family didn't like him because of the difference. They thought it was a big difference with Islam and Christianity, which it is not. It's just different practices, you know what I mean? Different prayer in a different language. Like if you say Allah is just a Islamic word for uh, Arabic word for God, you know what I mean? And they thought Allah was Elijah Muhammad when he's just a prophet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> the Christians, you know what I mean? So it's not too different. You know what I mean? They, they they speak of Jesus and everything, the Muslims. But the family didn't like Hassan because <clears throat> mom had epilepsy. And all those years were before she met him, when she had epilepsy, we'd take care of her at the house and take her to the hospital. You know, um, when she had epileptic seizures, when she married Hassan, he would put her in the psychiatric ward, and my family was upset about that and didn't think she would belong there, but all that medicine and all that shock to the brain causes psychosis and um, can cause schizophrenia, and it did all that to her. And uh, they were mad at him because of that, you know what I mean? But all that needed to happen for me to become... Tech Nine. I had to go through all those dark days of my mom being sick and thinking he's picking on me and then becoming an older man uh, and realizing that he was just making me the disciplined man I am today and the good man I am today. So I thank Abul Hassan Rasul Khalifa for being so hard on me back then because I've never been to jail, knock on wood. I've never been in trouble at all because of my discipline. I've even been in positions, I've been in situations where I was caught in a, in a dope house, you know, writing rhymes with my people, you know, and the cops break in and they ask me, am I selling dope? And I'm like, no, just dope music, you know? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean dope music? My name is Tech Nine and I rap and one of them told me to rap and I said my little rap and they took me out of my twisties, took everybody to jail, Accept me and left me in the house. Say you got a future, man. That was back when I was nineteen. Wow, you know that's a real story. What, describe what you felt. It, it, maybe it wasn't as impactful, but the first time you heard a rap song, what mm. what what is what went what went through your mind? What'd you feel? I couldn't believe that they were saying those many curse words on the rap. <laughs> I was like, because I come from a Christian home. So when I went next door and heard Blowfly would rap dirty, my rap was dirty and my line was mean. So now it's time for Blowfly's theme. You know, he was saying, Mother F you and Muhammad Ali. You know what I'm saying? I was like, whoa, <laughs> did he just say that? 
<laughs> it was intriguing because I was coming from a Christian family, so mm-hmm. you know, I, I could they they wasn't playing that in my house. They wasn't playing rap dirty in my house. They was playing uh, Shirley Caesar and the Mighty Clouds of Joy and all that kind of stuff. So I could I couldn't hear rap in my house like that. Wow. So so tell me again, who was the artist and what was the song again? Uh, his name was Blowfly. Blowfly. I think he just passed not too long ago. Uh, rest his soul. I met him. A couple of years before he died, you know what I mean? Because I talked about him, you know. Yes. I met him in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, before my show. They brought him on the bus, and he was an old man. He still had on the wrestling suit that he used to wear when he was rapping. I was like, whoa, that's Blowfly, dude. You know what, what was his style like? Uh, it was profanity. <laughs> <laughs> An avalanche of profanity. Yeah, so shortly after that, I think it might have been like Curtis Blow or something. And from Curtis Blow with these are the breaks and everything, that was intriguing cuz I I was dancer, you know, I was a really good dancer, you know what I mean? So I love hip hop. It makes your hips hop, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it really hit me when Roger Troutman and Zap came out. It was like the beats they had was like perfect to pop and hit to like boom. <laughs> Even Billy Joel had it in his video, Uptown Girl, back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Uptown. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Popping in the in the little car shop. You know what I mean? And I was into all that. You know what I mean? But when African Bambada and the Soul Sonic Force came out with Planet Rock, oh my goodness. You know what I mean? We were. It was during... The Palmer family reunion, and we're connected to the Palmers, and we had like 10 shirts with red writing, Palmer family reunion. We were at Skateland East having a skate party, all our family, all my cousins and aunties and, you know, everything, and that song came on, party people, party people, can y'all get funky? I'm like, I stop in the middle, so Sonic Forest, can y'all get funky? I'm listening, what is this? Oh, Zulu Nation, can y'all get funky? Y'all just hit me. Oh! Y'all hit me. It sounded like thunder crashing, and oh, it was just so eerie, and so eerie, and it just, it just did something to me, man. And I remember us coming home that night, and all my cousins, we all have on the same shirts. We're sleeping on the floor in the couch because there's so many of us <laughs> for the family reunion. We're at grandma's house, and my mom have a really bad seizure in the bathroom. And, you know, they rushed in there, and everybody woke up, and it was so horrible. And they took, us, took her to the hospital, so the kids went back to sleep. I woke up, and on the radio, sometime that next day, I heard the song on the radio or some, I don't think it was in my house. I think somebody was driving by in the car. So at that time, we lived on 58th and Swole Parkway. And at the corner was um, Sportsman's um, House of Coiffures. It was a barbershop where I got my hair cut. And the laundromat and the cleaners were on the, the corner. And I ran up there because they always keep KPRS playing. And I ran up there, and it was on the speaker, and I'm just listening to Planet Rock like, wow, I got to do something. I got to do some kind of music, dude. You know what I mean? That song, man. Wow. To this day, when I hear it, it just takes me all the way back to that day. 
so you so you're filled with all kinds of energy and you, you mm -hmm. knew that you wanted to do something mm -hmm. and so so a young artist like yourself what do you do go you go to LA right yeah I did that was years to come because yeah. around the planet rock time in the 80s I was dancing my mom would put me in talent shows and uh, stuff like like I remember when Kentucky Fried Chicken was opening on Van Brunt down north. It was it was a grand opening, and they had a breakdance contest. And she brought me this pop lock suit, this grand white pop lock suit, and white gloves. And I went down there, and I'm popping on stage. All these kids are dancing. I didn't win, but and then I mean, shortly after that, McDonald's on 59th Street um, had one in the parking lot. It's like H&R Block now, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> Um, they had one, I won second place, you know, pop locking and break dancing. So I was in school, I was in talent shows, dancing and like around, uh, was it, it was eighth grade. It was eighth grade, I think. Was it seventh grade or eighth grade? It was Bingham Junior High School, George Callip Bingham. And I was on the bus and somebody told me to write a rap. I was a beatboxer too. <laughs> You know, so I did that for rappers, you know. And uh, this girl named Lola Morris one day, I think it was seventh grade, um, she asked me, why do you always, she says to me, why are you always spitting, Aaron? Won't you write a rap? And I'm like, okay. So I wrote my first rap, like D-O-N-T-E-Z-Z, because that's my middle name, Dante. Mm -hmm. like, D-O-N-T-E-Z-Z, devastating beatbox, that's who I be, because I beatbox. And when I rock the M, I see the party people jump, and when I walk into a party, guaranteed to bump. This was 85. Non-stop and rapping in the year of 85, but when the money dogs rapping, MC rappers want to cry, but when you hear the vicious beatbox, that's all through your bones. Think of D-O-N-T-E-Z-Z, because he stands alone. That was my first rap, dude. Wow. In 85. And all the rappers were like, that I used to beatbox for, never talked to me again, because it was better and more different than all theirs. Who calls you Aaron? These days. Only the people I went to school with. Not even my mom called <laughs> Those me. Those Southwest, you know you at Southwest? Yeah, Southwest. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Everybody who went to school with me. Aaron? Yeah, Aaron been tech nine since '88. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so so yeah, I didn't get my first record deal till um '93. With uh Quest and uh, no no no, that's not Quest, that's ninety seven. Ninety three was with um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, Perspective A and M. Right. Um, then 97, you were with Quest. 97 was Quincy, Quest, and Warner. Yeah. Now, something happened there in 97 with Quest that just didn't turn out right for you. What happened with Same them? thing that happened in 93. It was like they didn't know what to do with us. It was so different. You know what I mean? And Quest, not Quincy per se, because he was never there, but the people who was working for him. So they you didn't, didn't fit into some sort of box or something? No, that I didn't. They wanted you to fit in. They wanted me to do what everybody else was doing, and I couldn't do that. I'm from the Midwest. So um, at the time, 93, um, I think Wu-Tang had just dropped Protect Your Neck or something. So they assigned this guy to us named Life Allah. He was from the East Coast, and he's like, son, you got to do that. And I'm like, son, I can't do that. I'm from the Midwest. I can't do the East Coast-style music. I can do my style that, um, that I first heard coming from the East Coast. You know, because hip-hop started in the Bronx, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, of course, it was originated in um, in New York, but the way we got it, it was from every direction. So mine was, like, more rapid, like musical overload. We're right in the middle, so we're getting it from the east, we're getting it from the west, we're getting it from the south. So they didn't know what to do with the rock and roll black dude. 
that does hip hop. You know what I mean? The guy, and, you know. And the technique that you use too yes. is like it's, chopper. It's chopper. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, rapid, yeah. rapid fire. Yes, it's it is. Fast. Yes, it is. So they didn't know what to do with Tech Nine. So after '97 with Quincy. Um, he let me off the label, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. nicely, because, you know, the people weren't doing right by us. And he, he fired everybody that wasn't doing right by us. He still loves us. And um, uh, 98, I think we signed with uh, Quest. Uh, not, not a Quest, but um, J-Core and Interscope. <clears throat> and that's when I first met Travis. Yeah, and then, and we, and then 99, 99 was when... You decided it was the right time for yes. you and Travis yes. O'Gwen yes. to get together and yes. form Strange Music. Why was that time the right time for you guys? Because all the years before with the majors did not work, and everybody told us the same thing. We it's we don't know if it's 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 it's, it's rap, but it's rock and it's operatic. It's everything. We don't know where to put that. So Strange Music. I'm a big Doors fan. So when I had my um, my, when I first got my first um, distribution deal with Windswept Pacific back in the day, they asked me what I want my company to be named, and I said EGN Arts Music. I want it to be Entertainment Group 9 Music, EGN Arts. When you read EGN Arts backwards, it says Strange. I always knew that I wanted, before, right before I met Travis, that I wanted to be Strange Music because Jim Morrison and Ray Manzarek and John Dinsmore, and Robbie Krieger, their fusion of sounds just really connected with me. And the rebel of Jim Morrison, it was so me. They almost lost me to drugs, you know what I mean? I was really on a lot of drugs back in the day. I've been clean for like 15 years or something like that, but um, a little marijuana here and there, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I always wanted to do the strange music thing. So when Travis, when me and Travis got together, he's like, man, we got to do our own partnership man and start a label I said strange music well, I can see the connection Jim Morrison was a guy who yes. had he was uh, often referred to as a poet he yes. had all kinds of words and, and mm-hmm. floating around in mm-hmm. his head and he was always writing yes. they were out there in California yes. they somehow found each other out yes. there and it seems like a similar situation with you where you've got yes. these, you've got words or just and Travis and, and, thoughts. and Travis had the business mind to get it everywhere I told him I wanted it to be a, a snake and a bat for the S and the M for strange music. The snake was taken from the um, Greek, mytho- Greek, from Greek mythology, um, the, the rod of Asclepius. Um, you see it on hospitals, you know, the snake with, uh, mm-hmm. around the rod. Yep. That yep. symbolizes medicine, you okay. know, and the bat wings, and the bat is the nocturnal um, uh, creature or whatever you want to call it. So. Um, th- we are the medicine that, to navigate through the darkness, and that's what I wanted for Strange Music, you know. And Travis had got a lot of people, d- different people, to try to get it perfect, you know, the snake and the bat. And we found an artist that got it perfect, and he, Travis, put it on everything, you know what I mean? Um, uh, uh, belt buckles, um, car decals, uh, koozies, a flask, a, a g-strings, everything. That you know is what so I mean? cool. And so, so the meaning I'll, behind that is so cool. I've yes. often wondered that. I've seen the yes. I've seen the logo. You know, in Kansas City, many places. The medicine to navigate through the darkness, man. God, and that's that what I so do cool. for my fans, and that's why how we connected. Tech, what advantages do you have uh, having your own label? I can do. Whatever I want, whenever I want, musically, 
promotion-wise, everything. You know, I'll get an idea. I'll hit Travis, like, Trav, what do you think about this? Yeah, let's go. Immediately. I don't have to talk to the whole department, you know. Mm-hmm. Me and Travis. Get the okay from yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. Me and Travis agree on it. And then we tell the department, and the department gets to say, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's go. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Everybody, we're a big team, man. And being independent and having my own label, I can bring whoever I want in. If I want an artist like like Sess Crew, they've been performing here forever in Kansas City, and I was a big fan of their music, and I had to get them. Mayday from um, Florida. I saw them open up for me down in Orlando at the Firestone Club or whatever, and I called Travis like, these guys, man, we have to have them. You know, Chris Calico, when I first saw him down at Mardi Gras, not in, uh, not, not in Louisiana, I'm talking about on 18th and Vine, it used to be a spot on Tuesdays called Mardi Gras where they have open mic sessions. And I used to go down there and just look for people. And I saw Chris Calico down there, and then I saw him again. We had the same producer, Icy Rock, and then we linked, and we've been together ever since, man. How many, how many artists do you have under Strange Music now? I think right now, I think we're at 14, I think. 14. Yeah, I think wow. Mackenzie Nicole was the yep. 14th one, I think. We've had her here at Fox 4 a couple of times. I, yes. Tech, I want to ask you about the music industry. And I, uh, I ran across something on Twitter the other day, and... No doubt you're aware of who Peter Frampton is. Mm -hmm. Peter Frampton said this on Twitter uh, just recently. For 55 million streams of Baby, I Love Your Way, I got 1,700 bucks. Exactly. I went to Washington with ASCAP last year to talk to lawmakers about this. Their jaws dropped, and they asked me to repeat that for them. Uh What does it say about the music industry that a guy like him, and, and granted, that song was made decades ago. Hey. Still, though, yeah, that's, that's still. his song, though, right? Exactly. Um, it's like when we would usually sell a certain amount of copies and get a check for $600,000 and run our label. Now when we sell the same in streams, we get $3,000. You can't run a business like that. Luckily, we have built-in fan base been touring for all these years that we can still do that and create more fans and more buzz still because the way that the streaming services are doing it now, crashing everything, um, 70% of a fraction of a penny, you know what I'm saying, per stream. Like you know what I'm saying? hundred thousandth of one cent. It's yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, um, we have a feeling that it's going to turn around in the next three or four years, like um, cable did. You know how when you first got cable, you got mm-hmm. these certain channels for free, and mm-hmm. then, then you have to pay like $9 and something, then, uh, then you have to pay like $20, and then later on you have to pay $100, and now it's up to, you know, your cable bill is yeah. even bigger now, you know. And at that time, the music business will be better than it ever was. But right now, ooh. If you're not getting billions of streams like Drake, you know, I don't even know what Drake gets on a billion plus or a hundred billion streams. I don't know. I don't know, man. But it's, it wouldn't be as much as it was before streaming. Yeah, some, something's got to break there. Cause it's going to break. You know, because I mean, that's a, you, you own those things. You create yeah, those things. Exactly, it man. That just doesn't and, seem. And, and getting 
a, a small amount like that for all your blood, sweat, like, and tears. The government sets those rates, don't they? I mean, isn't the music industry one of the most highly regulated industries in all the all the states? Yeah, but the music industry has been really giving the uh, the shaft to artists for years, and now it's coming back to haunt them. You know, making so much money off the artist and not giving the artist the just due. Which strange that doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. We take care of our people. And the music industry has not done that over the years. So their baby, their streaming baby, is making them all crash. Mm. Look at what you created, music industry. Tech Nine is with us on Signal Hill. How'd you get the name Tech Nine? Tech Nine. 1988, from a gangster that I rapped with back in the day named Black Walt. Walter Jefferson went through a guns and ammo book. <laughs> he already had a, an artist. Um, we call him Short Nitty, but his name was Mac-10 back in the day from Kansas City. And uh, so Mac-10 was on there. So we Capone, the gangster, wanted two guns with him. So he goes through a guns and ammo book, and he's like, 12-gauge. And I'm like, no, no, no. Uzi. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm like, AK-47. No, 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 no. We went through that whole book. And he didn't find anything. He's like, man, we didn't find nothing. And he turned the book over, and it had a picture of a Tech 9 He looked up, he said, Tech 9 because of the way you rap. I'm like, okay, that's cool. He said, okay, that'll be your name till we find something else. I said, okay. And that's it. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. But the way we spelled it, you know, it was different from the gun. Yeah. You know, T-E-C-H, short for technique. The, the gun is spelled T-E-C. We spelled it T-E-C-H, short for technique. And the number nine is the number of completion. So I'm the complete technique of rhyme, technique, tech nine. You know what I mean? The complete technique of rhyme, you know, nine months completes a pregnancy. Uh, they say a cat has nine lives. The whole nine yards is everything complete, you know. So I'm the complete technique of rhyme, and that is a great definition for me because I am everything in one, you know. Man, that works. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not changing that at all. Uh-uh. Nope. Um, so you're, uh, you're not there yet, but you're going to have a milestone birthday <clears throat> Coming up here in a couple of years, Tech. Okay. Like I had mine a year ago, all right? Okay. Half century. You're talking about 50, right? Yeah, I'm talking okay. about 50. I'll just okay. say 50. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's the next five years look like for Tech? What What do you want to do? Well, I'll be 47 this year. so You had um, a birthday coming up here in the next November, month. November 8th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when them four years pass, I told my fans, I said, man, I'm going to hang back. They're like, what does that mean? They're like, oh, he's going to retire. And I'm like, I have music in my blood and my bones and my soul. I can never retire. But as far as doing 68 shows in 64 days, <laughs> you know, that's going to slow, you know what I'm saying, to not as many shows. Um, doing three albums a year, that's going to slow to mm -hmm. not that many. You know what I mean? I, don't wanna, I just want to help my artist and push my artists up, you know what I mean? Because I've been going up for decades. You've been making man. records. You got, how many records you got out now? They say 20, man. They say they say Planet was the 20th one. That's crazy. Dang. Yeah. That's 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 got a lot of music. A lot of material, man. And, and, and still going. I just I just posted uh, a verse that I just recorded the other day. Um, I just posted a verse of it yesterday, and everybody was like, wow, 20 years. 
in a game and still fresh. And I, I, I feel like that's a blessing. Rhythm and rhyme is tech nine, man. You know what I'm saying? Thank God for it. It saved my life. Oh, man. Um, so, uh, so you got back in here in Kansas City on October the 6th. Yep. And um, you love Kansas City. And, boy, that, that comes through. And, and, and Kansas City loves you. Yeah, born and, and raised. That, that Kansas City anthem, too. I mean, yes. that thing got – that got that got played. You got to hang still, with the it's, mayor. It's, so it's, it's still, still, it's still it's still going. Yeah, I just I just did this this uh, little video with the KCPD. They used it. You know it's, what I mean? Yeah, for, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah, their, yeah. for their little uh, contest challenge thing they did, and they put me in it, and I came down there and did it for them. They were so thankful. Everybody loves the KC anthem. When I did the little thing for uh, Delaney um, down at Mix ninety three, she said that was her favorite song. So. It's the KC spirit all day and all night, man. You know what I mean? And, Why do you um, love Kansas City so much? Because I'm born and raised here. My, my, my family's here. This is my comfort zone. You know what I mean? This is the place that I know back and forth. I've lived in L.A. I moved there in 2004. Moved back 2005, dude. You know what I mean? This is my comfort zone. I love being here. I love the weather. I love when it's hot. I love when it snows. I hate when it ices, but <laughs> <It's a true laughs> or hails. But I love Kansas City, man. You know what I mean. And uh, this is where I'll be. This is where my empire is. Strange music. Mm-hmm. This is where me and Travis O'Gwen built that thing. And uh, yeah, we have a spot out on Hollywood Boulevard. Yes, we do, Hollywood and Highland. But this is where we're grounded. Oh. You know. Tech, I, I so have enjoyed chatting with you. I love your description of religion. Yes. And I love the way that you talk about Kansas City. Totally, man. And uh, I appreciate you, man. I really wish you all the best and continued success. Thank you, brother. And uh, we'll, be, we'll be listening, man. And we'll exactly. be watching. Of course, we're going to have you back on. Ladies and gentlemen, rapper, songwriter, producer, and Kansas City's own Tech Nine on Signal Hill. Thank, Thank you, you so man. much. I can't man. wait to hear this, man. Yeah. Great interview with Tech Nine, and after listening to him, I think we are all technicians now. Kansas City's own Tech Nine, pride of Southwest High School, songwriter, producer, rapper, craft beer, collaborator. I gotta get me some Bulu. Check out some of that Bulu, at least one. That sounds good, doesn't it? Go to foxworkkc.com and click on the podcast tab. Right there, you can subscribe to Signal Hill. Click that button. We are available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And be sure to check the website, fox4kc.com, for new episodes. Thanks to Tech9. I'm Nick Vassos, and thanks for listening to Signal Hill.